it's likely Spider-Man will never appear in the show, according to the showrunner. So Josh Keaton must be playing another character. Yeah, it's bait. It's bait. We're getting Spider-Man. And it shows a certain trooper in like full black armor. Oh, really? And it's like, it's, it's a weird, like randomly just focuses on this one, clearly in different armor. Clearly it's like, okay, why have we suddenly just focused on this person? To which my mate was like, what if that's tech? King Shock, a.k.a. Nanawe, first appeared in Superboy Volume 4. I'm going to say photography, because I think yeah. that's what you're you're getting at. And it's it's a weird one, because I don't, like, I guess I could be classed as a nerd for photography. I, I don't know if... camera handy? Have you got your camera handy? Yeah. It's... Sh- show, show them your camera. The internet is having a lot of fun with that at the minute, and I, I, I hope to find out who it is. I would love for her to get arsed in, like, her neck press junket like you let the story slip and the internet wants to know who it was hello 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 and welcome to episode 104 of cutscene combos we've had a bit of a mixed bag of a week um yeah this week we've got our character profile on king shock we've got bad batch episode four We've got some slightly sad but interesting news surrounding the Invincible show. Um, we're going to be discussing what else me and Hori are nerdy for. <laughs> nerdy like for. Um, and then, of course, no we've news. got some nerd news network, as yes. always. But before all that good stuff, Horizontal, how shall we <laughs> You've just thrown me off with the way you said that. Uh... <laughs> Being professional, man, goddammit. <laughs> oh, no, I won't be professional. It's our podcast. I can do what I want. <laughs> um what, have I done? what was this week i'm trying to think um such a weird week yeah i've kind of just been working on personal projects 3d stuff playing around with different design stuff kind of spending some time on real like learning new skills and like, like putting some time into practice and shit that i have kind of not done for a while yeah that, that, um, that stuff you know in principle but you've not used in a while so you just want yeah. to like flex the muscle a little bit yeah and also just like it's fun going to do fuck around with personal ideas and yeah some fun uh other than that just kind of gaming girlfriend started a new job oh, so fun. yeah good for her and then yeah kind of kind of a chill week been to the barbers as the uh, and not wearing a beanie this week as you yeah. pointed out already to me uh <laughs> I'm just so used to my hipster, my well, hipster co-host that when you be, weren't wearing a beanie, I thought it was like a harbinger of the apocalypse. To be fair, I haven't hadn't been to the barber since like early December, so yeah, I was long overdue. That that's really long <laughs> for me. And for when you have a fade, generally like three months is like that is non-existent anymore. So just, just to put it in perspective, because I don't know like how aware the podcast will be. I have a lot of hair. Mm. I've not had a haircut since before. If put it this way, if if I said oh, how about this pandemic, last time I got a haircut, they'd gone, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see I I my hair grew out over the pandemic, but then I got a cut. <laughs> yeah, I just never did. I just never did. I never got back to it. One day you're gonna turn up on the podcast just skin. Skin hair. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I have said increasingly over the last couple of months that the temptation to just get you know like i call it a skull shaver but it's not that short but you can get like them um buzz cut yeah yeah, yeah. I know which one you, mean. you literally vroom, 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 and yeah. it just all even all over the temptation to get one of them and just just deal with it is, is real because sometimes i'm just like i cannot be fucked dealing with this amount of hair yeah no. um but as with everything it's always fleeting isn't it yeah but yeah so that's been my week how's your week Fair enough. Um, my week's been chaos. I don't know where I'm, whether I'm coming or going most of the week. Um, and it seems to be everyone's like that this week. Jenna said to me this morning as we were getting ready for work, she was like, I woke up at 6am and I thought it was Saturday. And like yesterday during work, I thought it was Thursday. Oh, it's just, it's chaos. No one knows what's going on this week. It's to be fair, really, I thought, really weird. feel like it's been Friday today. So Yeah, it's really, really weird week. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but we've been playing some hell divers and i've we been have. enjoying that what um, when you're killing me <laughs> he's being dramatic anyway 
Should we get on to our character profile? Yes, I think we should. This week's character profile is the last in our series of um, Suicide Squad characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week we have got King Shark. Last, but certainly not least. Um, now, as opposed to the other character profiles, this is going to be pre-New 52, because the availability of information on King Shark post-New 52 is crazy, especially when you consider how much more popular he's got in the last like four or five years through hmm. media adaptations. Um, so this is all pre-2011. Okay. King Shark, a.k.a. Nanawe, first appeared in Superboy Volume 4, Zit Number 0, in October 1994. Nanawe is humanoid shark. His father is the shark god. He hunted and ate many people around the island of Hawaii over an extended period of time with the help of his human family. Before, a Hawaiian cop named Sam Makawa was able to bring him in. This did, however, come at the cost of permanent scars to Sam and the loss of fellow officers. And it was by his own admission extremely lucky they were able to bring him in even with the costs as they were. Shortly after this, Superboy arrived in Hawaii and was busy battling the Silicon Dragons gang. This gang then decided to try and break out Nanawe in the hopes of convincing him to battle Superboy on their behalf. However, unimpressed with them, he simply killed them and escaped by himself using the opportunity they had created for him. This led to Superboy and Makawa deciding to work together to recapture the rampaging and dangerous villain. Villain. Once Nanawe was caught and turned over by Superboy and Makawa to the police, Amanda Waller added him to the Suicide Squad roster, including Knockout, Sidearm, Deadshot and Captain Boomerang. To help aid them in their mission to go to the Silicon Dragon's underwater base and destroy it. As part of that mission, Nanawe was assumed dead, only for it to be discovered eventually he was actually alive and well. After a few more tussles with Superboy and others and other allies of Superboy, he would get the call up to the big leagues by Manchester Black to join the Legion of Villains in an attempted assault on Superman and Metropolis. After this a failed attempt on Superman's life, Nanawe moved away from the Super family and instead targeted Aquaman and Atlantis. But not for ill-gotten gains. He was in fact a begrudging ally of Aquaman, after it became apparent that Aquaman had saved him, and Nanawe's father instructed him to aid the King of the Seas in any ways he could, as without Aquaman or the King of Atlantis, the seas would fall to ruin. It's really interesting because reading this old information on King Shark, he's nothing like that in modern depictions. And while mm. there will be some King Shark fans who became a fan of him back like in the 90s, yeah, I think overall he's a much more interesting character now. This kind of big, lovable idiot who's inherently yeah. dangerous is... It's a... It is a trope from a bygone era, but because it's not been used in so long, it kind of works. Yeah, and I think also because it's paired with a shark. Yeah, you, <laughs> it you've just got this, works you've got, really well. You've got this terrifying-looking creature that's just kind of like hello, <laughs> yeah. like. And I think the way he's been used in a lot of media with him kind of having these kind of funny one-liners or interactions mm. really do just make you go shucks. Who cares yeah. that he likes to eat people? <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, he's a shark. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. It's a shark. He can't help it. Um, so, yeah, very, very interesting. And that does mark the end of our um, Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad character profiles. If, there's anyone else you, if there is anyone else you'd like us to cover, either in the Suicide Squad or otherwise, let us know down in the comments. Mm. The Bad Batch, episode yes. four. My heart. Mm.
Mm. We're so Dave, back. Dave needs to stop pulling. Like he's he needs to stop making me care so much about clones. <laughs> the the crosshair Omega saga mm. has been just so so entertaining. Oh yeah, like the whole her essentially whittling him down to actually stop pretending like you're not like still one of us. Yeah. Do you know what it is? She's like locked onto him and she's gone, you're going to pretend you don't give a fuck about me, but you do. Yeah. So I'm going to give you the choice to abandon me any minute because I'm doing something you don't want me to do, but you're going to stick around because you're still my brother and there's nothing you'll, and and you're not going to go against that no matter how much you like to pretend you will. Yeah, and it's that like, I know that you're, you don't believe these things at the Empire, and just because you're too scared to admit that maybe you were wrong for how hard you stuck with the the rules and the orders, you don't want to admit it, but I'm going to make you admit it. <laughs> so yeah, it's been interesting to see how she's whittled and down, but then the, those final scenes, man, when she re-met up with them, I was like, <laughs> Seeing Wrecker's just booming voice going, yeah. ah, look at you! I, I was like, yes, we're so, it's so good. But it's really interesting, though, because coming into this, we thought it was going to be most of the season was going to be them trying mm. to find Omega. Yeah, We're now, like, four episodes into, like, what, the 16 episodes or whatever it is. Mm. And they're already re- reunited. So, like, now I'm a lot more worried about the planet. Because mm. I thought when they escaped last episode that they were going to have like three or four episodes of them like almost chasing each other, trying to find each other. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they've really reunited, I'm kind of like, oh, that planet's in big trouble. Well, there's there's two. We're going to have a couple of issues, I think, going forward. Because we've obviously Omega sh- showing that she wants to go back and ha- save the others. Probably more so Nala say. That, but then also just generally wants to save the, the clones, clones and stuff, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, she wants to go back, which means they have to find where, which is a task in itself, also get there and do that undetected while they're also being chased by Hemlock. Yeah. So then there's going to be this kind of, we shouldn't do that, we should try and escape and hide. Um. I think the fact you said last week you were worried about Omega dying. I'm feeling more worried now, especially because Hemlock was like, "Well, that one sample they're trying like Nala says trying to play it off as an outlier." He's like, "Well, we'll confirm that." It's it's really techy. I've got a feeling they're gonna do something that isn't often done. And it's going to hurt a lot more. They're going to have Crosshair sacrifice himself to save her. Like, jump in front of a blaster bolt or something. Mm. And then she's still going to die. But, like, two or three episodes later. And it's not often done that way, because they're like, oh, no, because that makes their sacrifice worth nothing. But Uh, it would just show how dark this timeline is. I have a better theory. We keep being shown... you mean sadder. Yeah, <laughs> we keep being shown crosshairs getting shakes. Yeah, that's clearly for a reason. They're not going to oh, just no. show us. It's going to be a situ- It's going to be a situation where he has to take a shot, like really quickly to save Omega, he and he's going to miss, and she's going to get killed, and oh, then no, he's going to feel that guilt. Oh, see, that's not what I was getting from the shakes. I was getting it was going to be kind of a he feels useless now because his special enhancement isn't helpful anymore because he can't do it. And well, they were there's also like, going to be no. that to it. And, and then we were going to be like, no, we still love you, Crosshair. We don't care what you could do for us. We love you because you're you. And it was going to be a nice way of, you know, telling people just because you can't do something you used to be able to do, you don't need to feel like shit about it. But now that you said that, you're almost certainly right. It is going to end up being something that gets someone hurt. It might not be as extreme as Omega Dark, but it's going to be something mm. that causes someone to get hurt. Yeah, I, I don't see us having all f- four of the 9-9 alive. 
that's, that's, that's not going to happen. I also need to see Wrecker and Batcher together because they're going to be best buds. Well, yeah, we didn't. They, didn't, they, ju- they just are. <laughs> they didn't get introduced, did they? At the end. Yeah, Wrecker and Batcher are going to be my new favorite pair hmm. because they're just going to cause chaos together, and it's going to be great. <laughs> I there's definitely going to be this element of they're being chased i think rex is still going to show up at some point and help them yeah absolutely um i i am worried about knowing because obviously knowing what we know in like mandalorian and their want for grogu and stuff and it's like clearly hemlock obviously doesn't survive the whole way yeah so it makes me that's why i feel like they don't he doesn't get omega back he can't confirm. Essentially, he's failed. Emperor kills him and starts moves Project Necromancy and essentially restarts it with people that don't know about it. Like, so then no one knows about it. Maybe. Um, I I don't view him not being around by the time of the Mandalorian as big of an issue. Because if we think about it, the Mandalorian takes place, what, four or five years after before the empire and this is still right near the beginning of the empire so this is like 20 15 20 years ago kind of range mm. like before mandalorian unless yeah true unless so he has like, a he could, hiding yeah he he could die for any number of true. reasons that is true yeah um but i'm i'm very much enjoying it it's already not gone the exact way we thought it was gonna go no. Um, which makes it a bit more exciting because there's more room for us to be surprised. Yeah, um, and a lot more room for things to go wrong. <laughs> I'm I'm all in on a crosshair redemption arc, though. I I hope we do. I hope he does get the redemption, and I hope they, of like Hunter and uh, Wrecker, can kind of welcome him back in. I oh, I have a fear. So you know how I was like, I think Tech's dead. Because he would have been at the facility. Over the weekend, my mate was, I was running my girlfriend's and uh, she lives with one of my mates and he was re- he was watching the episodes for the first time, so I'm re-watching them. There's a clip when it's like after Crosshair has been moved out of his cell area and it shows a certain trooper in like full black armor. Oh, really? And it's like, it's, it's a weird like randomly just focuses on this one clearly in different armor clearly it's like okay why have we suddenly just focused on this person to which my mate was like what if that's tech <laughs> he's it would be at the facility and and we reconditioned know, and we also know that the the tragedy of Darth Plagueis is about the dark side of the force being used for science that some would deem unnatural. Well, Saving someone from the brink of death is not that indifferent to cloning. We, well, and also Tech was originally like plugged into a thing. He's like prob- potentially they could like reprogram him essentially. Not like you know, That's like scary. recondition. If um, we have to have one of the nine nine kill Tech Tech. Mm. That's rough. I, like I was convinced. I was like, oh, I would have been in the facility. We would have seen him. Like they would have let on. But now, when I saw that clip but again, I was like, I was like, hang on, to go back to the facility. I was like, why are they focusing on? Like, why have they shown that specific trooper mm. in a different set of armor in a very like random moment? It's like it's a bit too. much And we know Dave well enough. Like he does things for a reason. Yeah, when it comes to animation, people don't do things by accident. Mm. So um, I'm worried. I don't want to have to see Tech die again, man. Another yeah. interesting thing I I noticed. Mm. It's not so much noticed; it was a major plot point in the episode. But like we haven't really seen in the animation, cool. is the corruption of the Empire. Yeah, like, the corruption of the Empire is like obviously a big part of like Andor and stuff like that. Mm. We've not seen that much throughout the Bad Batch, because it's more focused on what the Batch try and do to survive. So seeing the Imperial officer on the planet, engaging in the Mm -hmm. illegal gambling, then fining them for the gambling, and then taking their pet to find them again, it's just like a, and no one's going to stop him, because 
who who cares? Well, yeah, and it's also it's, it somewhat shows how the empire already now they've switched off clones and they're switching to like troop like they're already spread too thin trying to control yeah. things. So like obviously you've got these officers that are a bit more dodgy, running things their own way, um, who, taking who don't necessarily... advantage of their power. Exactly, and they don't even they're not even necessarily loyal to the empire. They're just loyal to having as much money as possible. Yeah. So if that means they have to sit on a backwater shithole and yeah. leave everyone else in poverty. It's like old school um, lords of like England mm. who would have all this land, and all the yep. peasants would pay their taxes to the lord. Yep, it, it's it's the same idea as that, just on like a galactic scale. It's they need some yeah, democracy was, and liberation. It was cool to see. For sure. Um, onto the Invincible. Yes. So we are, at the time of recording, like literally two weeks away two weeks. from new episodes of Invincible. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Um, and Josh Keaton, who voiced Spider-Man in the spectacular yep. Spider-Man show, has obviously got a role in Invincible that we all knew was happening. Mm-hmm. And he's confirmed it is coming up in one of the episodes soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everyone's like, sweet, Spider-Man time. He's going to voice Spider-Man. We're going to get the Spider-Man crossover. Yep. Um, It's likely Spider-Man will never appear in the show, according to the showrunner. So Josh Keaton must be playing another character. Uh, I'm going to huff my copium. And... Yeah, it's bait. It's bait. We're getting Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man's like... coming. Well, well, here's the thing. It's like, if he's if he's no, if he's telling the truth, okay, he's not coming. Sag. If he is coming, he's still going to say the same thing. He's not going to be like, "Oh yeah, you're all right. We're getting Spider Man." He's not going to ruin it. So it's like, it's it's like fucking No Way Home all over again. Oh no no, they're not gonna they're not gonna show up. We're not doing any of that. And then boom, here they are. Like of, of course they're not gonna. He's not gonna tell us that Spider Man okay. is showing up. So That's exactly where I'm at. I I don't put me, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be massively surprised if they don't get it over the line. No, like it's not an easy thing to make happen. I don't know why it's so difficult though. If you can get it to work in a comic book when Invincible was much smaller, mm. and they were like, "Yeah, no worries, go for it," versus now when it's like quite popular. I, I do you know what I mean? Is it? It's all money. It just, make, it just doesn't make as much sense. Surely Marvel would be like, no, this is class. We should absolutely do this. Like, great. We'll tie it in with our yeah. Spider-Man freshman year fucking cartoon. It, it'll, all, it'll all be money. If I it's know, not, it's just weird. It's just, when it gets, it'll be, Disney wants a too big of a cut, yeah. probably. And this, and this is the problem. We've discussed this before. The big money maker people at Disney, they will look at TV and film. Yep. They will leave the comic book department to themselves. Which gives them a lot more freedom. Then yep. it comes to oh, Spider-Man's rights in cartoons. Yeah, if a- if Amazon wants to use them rights for an episode, mm. two hundred million trillion dollars. Exactly. They just see Amazon. Where, whereas the show. comic book is just gonna be like you phone up Dave from Marvel and she's like, um, I would like to collab with Spider-Man. I have a character called Cock Dude. We'd like to do a collaboration. He's like, fuck yeah, send me over the draft. Let's see what it's like. <laughs> it's probably more like oh, we have this indie comic that's called this and they go oh yeah i saw that i've been reading it. it's really cool oh yeah we can come up with something whereas like you say yeah oh amazon backed tv animated show uh, amazon can pay the big bucks then if you want to use exactly thing. exactly and um, we also got our first clip for part two yes which was did. set on i forget the name of the planet the planet that we ended part the, one on the bug planet yeah with Whatever mark looking beat to high heaven mm-hmm. getting a bit of a pep talk from his dad's new wife so his um, yeah, with her kind of going, or him going, sorry, I couldn't do enough to help you. I'm, I'm so terrible. I'm a terrible superhero. Please forgive me. Yeah, it's, like, it's our and fault because like, we were here. Yeah, and she's like, we have really short lives. We don't have time to hold grudges. Thank you for trying your best. <laughs> yeah, she's like, if your dad wasn't hadn't been here, you, I wouldn't have had his son. And if you hadn't been here, me and my son would have been dead. So yeah. what's the point in thinking about like, if we weren't here, this wouldn't have happened. It's like, well, yeah, of course exactly. it would. But... And I think that's part of like a larger motif, if you will. 
because mm. the Viltrumites across the two seasons have been a big part of look what they need to ma- mimic a fraction of, fraction of our power. What are you going to have in 2000 years when everyone's dead? And he's like, I'll still have you, dad. Mm. And like, that's almost what they're both learning from this race of species that lives even shorter than humans do. Yeah. It's like, we've only got what we've got right now. We may as well like enjoy it and not worry about it. And it's almost like you need to learn just because you're going to be around for 10,000 years. Mm. doesn't mean you have to act like you're going to be around for 10,000 years. Yeah, it's a, exactly. um, it's, a, it's an interesting one, an interesting conundrum. I'm excited for Invincible to get back. Yeah, so am I. It's been too long. Yeah, the length of gap has definitely hurt it a little bit. But yeah. I think that first episode is going to come out. People like me and you are going to watch it. We're going to be like, oh, fuck yeah. And then the people who'd forgotten about it a little bit are going to be like, oh yeah, that was really good. Now that it's back, I'm going to go watch it. Mm. But definitely a misstep i'd have rather they just wait until the entire thing was ready yeah or like waited another month month and a half so the gap was only like a month Two, three weeks yeah yeah like a month at max like it feels like this mid-season break has ended up being bigger than it should have been for a yeah it feels break. like we've got like a really short season two and we're gonna get a short season three instead of it all being season yeah three. yeah um Coming up in March, what else have we got? We've got another thing coming. Oh, X Men. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, we, I'm I'm working my way back through the old X Men '97. I'm just gonna go in blind. <laughs> That's fair. It's just, it'd been so long since I watched it. I was like, now nah, I want to, I want a little bit of a taste. Like I, I have like a back of my mind, like I can visualize like the visuals of it, and like, oh yeah, I, re- I remember what like the style of how the characters looked. Other than that, I'm like, I, if the story's important, I'm sure you'll tell me. <laughs> um, Do you know what's really funny, though? So there was a clip from, like, the third episode's going round. Okay. Of Charles showing Magneto the Holocaust. Yeah. Like, reminding him of it. And everyone's like, A, that's fucking diabolical. But B, Magneto's got his helmet on. How can Charles do that? I'm going to assume you didn't know this either. The X-Men films in the early 2000s, Mm. changed Magneto's helmet so that it blocked Charles's psychic powers. That was not a thing before the films. Oh, I don't... Yeah. I kind of just... I think I just presumed he ended up with, like, a new helmet that could now do that. Like, I just thought it was, like, so, a, a, an upgrade. So, so post the films, it's mm. now been, like, made canon that Magneto's helmet protects him from psychic attacks. Right. But before that, the helmet was just drip. Fair. One of the few situations where a film's like, we're going to make a change for the better. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I'm fine with it just being drip. I also, I think I probably as a kid just presumed it like helped him focus his powers better. But it's it's just drip, drip or drown, baby. Fair. Right. We have done 104 episodes of this. We have covering what I would deem very traditional nerdy topics. Yeah, we've and had the, the odd outlier mentioned, yeah. but yeah, for the most part, we stuck to so, pretty... I did do a little bit of Googling. I'm just going to re-Google it now, but this is the definition of nerd. Okay. A person who is extremely enthusiastic and knowledgeable about a particular subject, especially one of specialist or niche interest. Mm-hmm. So, as a general rule, when it comes to talking about nerdom, you do talk about like science fiction, fantasy board games films stuff like that Mm -hmm. but in reality you can be a nerd about anything what it really means is what is like your special interest what is it that you just get yeah what's a topic or interest like you say that you are you know more than the average person on exactly um so i decided bear in mind we claim we're a nerd podcast That we should allow the people to know what our other, what else we are a nerd for. So, Horizontal, would you like to kick us off? I'm going to call you out if you miss out something that I think you should include. Okay. Well, I was going to... I'll kick things off with a couple that are, I think are pretty obvious, as we have mentioned briefly. In passing. Yeah. One being gaming. We've, ta- we've often talked about yeah. gaming. Although it's not like our main focus of the podcast, we are now introducing it once a month with uh, our friend Josh. Josh. But uh, yeah, I mean, gaming, I've played games, I don't even know how long, how many years, probably since I was 
was a very young years. boy uh, <laughs> since the original Crash Bandicoot days. Do you remember Pong? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not the original part. Um, <laughs> but another one that I've definitely talked about here and there in passing is D&D, probably. I've yeah. played D&D on and off now for, I want to say, at least 10 years. Um, across different campaigns, DM'd some. And it's... Most part, I try. Which me and my friends that I play with as a group, we try to do it weekly. Doesn't always happen, obviously, schedules and stuff. But it's like one of those things now where I, I will spend probably in my group the most time doing backstory and character description, uh, to then have my character die first within like three sessions. So that's always fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, probably D and D is like uh, quite a big one as well that I'm quite nerdy on. Okay. I'll leave my other ones. I'll let you go okay, cool. on some of yours. Um, I think my biggest one, other than like what's been discussed, obviously, like while we don't directly cover comic books often, I'm obviously... Mm. In the grand scheme of comic book nerds, I'm very casual almost, but I, I am big into comics and I'm getting bigger and better for it. I've, I've, mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying comics. Um, but I think the big one that would surprise more people is how much I enjoy sports. And it's like seen as quite uncommon for someone who enjoys like super video games and all that stuff to enjoy sports. But I, I love sports. Olympics is like one of my favorite time every four years. I'm like, there are so many sports you don't get to watch that often on. Mm. And I think it all comes from just a love of competition. I, I, I I mean, you, you know, I'm competitive as fuck about everything. I love it. Um, I played cricket from like the age of 10 through until the pandemic. Mm. pandemic was anything that knocked me off course and i'm not going back into it um football cricket american football um basketball i have watched a bit of over the years but time zones are not my friend at the minute we're keeping up with basketball especially with the amount of games played um but i just love sports the other thing that i would say i'm an absolute nerd for is i don't know how you describe it content creation in the sense of like the amount of times I've sat there, I'm like, right, so I've been watching you this particular YouTuber I'd never heard of six six days straight now. This is what I've learned. I'm such a nerd for like this is this is someone who's doing it big at the minute and they're going somewhere. Yeah. Or knowing what's going on in the streaming world. I just find it so fascinating. And despite the subscriber numbers on this channel and my channel, I feel like I do get content creation to an extent in a way that most people don't. Most people just turn on their YouTube, they watch their YouTube, and they go to sleep. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm like, I mean, I fuck it. Shall I out myself right now? I'm oh. gonna go on my screen time right now and see how many hours in the the last period I've spent on the YouTube Studio app. Oh, this is not gonna be good. See, I don't do that much on my phone. I try to do everything on desktop um, whenever I do anything. Screen time. How do you see your apps? App limits? No, I don't. I mean, I probably need an app limit. <laughs> um, it's browsing all those analytics. Most used is that in what TikTok. time period? Last week. Uh, yes. Right. So last week, mm. I averaged five hours fifty-two minutes of screen time a day so that's what six hours a day about 42 hours just on my mobile my third most used app was youtube studio Jeez. the only two apps i used more than youtube studio on my phone last week were twitter and tiktok <laughs> even actual youtube was lower on my phone than youtube studio oh, i actually know like i barely watch youtube on my phone neither do i anymore but like that just shows like the levels of what we're dealing with here Mm. i will refresh that thing a million fucking times a day just in case um yeah so i think that's one that i don't know if people would realize just how much i love the numbers i'll sit there Mm. and i'll see i'll see that we've had a week where everything's 10 percent better than normal and i'm like fuck yeah that was a good week yeah i mean i get all my 
information about how this podcast is oh. doing through you. We we could hit a million subscribers and Hori would not know if I didn't say I, anything. I genuinely wouldn't. I I think back when I first ever started doing like content stuff, it's like, yeah, I would like watch numbers. And I just I don't it's not even a thought anymore. Like I'll watch yeah. it for the first couple of hours. TikTok I'm bad for at the minute for checking. Uh, because I'm regularly posting, but that'll soon like I stopped looking after a day or so. Um, it's, it's it's really funny as well because I a lot of content creators I respect like do not look at the numbers, don't worry about the numbers, just trust you're putting good content out. Mm. I'm like, no fuck that. I want to see every view. I want to know the minute someone has viewed something. <laughs> yeah, but there's there's some content creators like I know Courage JD was like that. He mm. figured all the analytics out and like would got it down to like a science almost. So yeah, there's different and, ways and, of doing it. And that's what no, I don't want to like. I don't want to become like, and I'm not saying we could do this anyway, but I don't want to become a Mr. Beast level nerd where I literally work out the algorithm down to a T and just make something that's going to suit the algorithm. Yeah, I get what you mean. But I am just like, if we could just change the pacing of stuff yeah. or the thumbnail or the title or whatever to get some more out of it, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do it. I don't give a fuck. Um, but yeah, that's definitely what I would sound quite a nerd for. What about you? What What else have you? What else are you hiding away? Because there's a big one I'm waiting for. I think I know which big one you're on about. So we'll, we'll uh, well, I'm going to say photography because I think yeah. that's what you're you're getting at. And it's it's a weird one because I don't like I guess I could be classed as a nerd for photography. I I is, don't is know your if camera handy. If you got your camera handy. Yeah. It's Sh- show show them your camera. I mean, it's actually a pretty basic DSLR. Yeah. But in the modern world, when everyone has smartphones, the quality they do, if you're into photography now, you can do that of just an iPhone. So yeah. actually just have, having spent the additional money on an actual camera camera that is just a camera definitely it's, puts you in the nerd category in the modern world. It, it does. I would say that when I got this, iPhone and stuff cameras weren't as good as a DSLR. Yeah, we, we get it, you're old. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I would... I guess I wouldn't jump to say that I'm nerdy at photography because I'm not like, oh, like you need to be for these conditions, you should do this shutter speed, this aperture, like all the different sets. Like I'm not, I just have, it started off as a hobby. I kind of realized, oh, I have a bit of like an a creative eye for it. And I have like, I just photograph stuff. I'm like, huh, these photos look pretty good. And that's generally how I've always shot (laughs) is I just, if it looks good to me, I'm happy. I do like minimal editing. I don't over edit my photos. Uh, I've kind of got a vibe down that I like. But yeah, I have been doing photography for a, a long time. Um, See, here's the thing you downplay that, and I'm not trying to simp here, although I simp <laughs> for the boys constantly and I'll never shy away from that fact. Um, but is that not what like artists inherently do though they find their style and they stick with it especially like in photography and stuff like a lot of like famous photographers you can look at one of their pictures and know from the style of it that that was was andy warhol photographer or why that's sound like an idiot he He was was wasn't he yeah but that's fine fuck i know what you mean that there are photographers who have a style of photo and just because of the style of it you're like that was so and so yeah um so it makes complete sense that hey if it ain't broke don't fix it (laughs) you know what i mean well yeah like it's i mean i do i probably my brother-in-law he does a lot of photography and i always doubt i'm like yeah i just post my he's like no your your photography is good <laughs> like he's like you some of your photos are better than some of mine and he takes it probably nerdier than me he does now film photography so like i mean he is full photography oh, nerd so that. like proper negatives and oh yeah he develops uh, his own films and stuff nice yeah. that's really cool that's really cool um, that's another thing i would say i'm a nerd for i'm a nerd for learning about little niches that i have no interest in mm-hmm. and will never ever use but i'm just like oh a, a, a 115 minute videos on how to develop film or how to grow a particular plot yes <laughs> i'll have that thank you <laughs> that's like me with like some ra- like random creative things i'll just be like huh there was like a period where I watched like this leather working YouTuber for like a month straight. And I was like, I really want to do this now. And then like a month later, I'm like, I have no interest in leather working anymore. 
But uh, I think that's one thing I've got good at though. Like I'll know that I'm never going to do it, but I still want to know. I'm mm, like, I, okay. I, I want to understand how it works. Um, I would say another thing as well. It's sort of on your realm of sport. I'm not that. I for the longest time I was not at all into sport. Um, although maybe basketball for a period during high school because I used to play it. But um, I would say for the for a long period of time, I didn't care. Then I got into American football a bit through my brother-in-law. Then it was, but I've kind of fallen off. I, I follow that loosely now. But I would say definitely more recently over the last couple of years as I got back into like F1 especially and kind of always have been a fan of cars. That's kind of my like other f- thing outside of the normal you're big, nerdy stuff. You're a big stuff. JDM fan, aren't you? I do love a JDM car. Uh, I would love to just go to Tokyo and essentially live out Tokyo Drift and go to all the car meets uh, <laughs> that yeah, do actually no, that'd happen. Be, that'd, that'd be fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I very much do enjoy my cars. have got much more into F1, which I used to watch as a kid with my dad. So it's like, it's been fun getting back into it again. Um, that's the one, that's, that, that is the one sport I can't even like semi-interested in i feel like i'm not a big fan of rugby but when like the rugby world cup or england's playing a big game Mm. i'm like yeah fuck it i'm just gonna watch it i'm gonna have a great i don't know what i'm shouting about but i'll shout about i'm gonna have a great time f1 i just don't really get it like i obviously like you and the rest of the boys in this will really enjoy it so like by osmosis i pick up a fair bit Mm. and i like know roughly what's going on but at the same time, it feels a lot of the time just like the best car wins. The driver doesn't matter as much as I would like them to. And and I don't know if that's just because I haven't given enough time to it. But at times, that's what it feels like. So I'm just like, eh, it feels like scale electrics. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely say the, the the driver definitely does play a decent enough part. I would say in the last couple of years, just the way things have gone and the way the sport and money definitely the team that like red bull had an incredible car had just got like clicked with the design and it meant they were just it was a bit of a boring year last year because it was just max won basically every race um but then the interesting stuff is like everyone i feel like last year just was like we'll just ignore first place and we'll just focus on everything else because then it's interesting because you have like good drivers in not necessarily the best car so then you get like good midfield fights. Like the midfield's been a lot more interesting recently. But yeah, the years ago, I'd say when I was younger, it was a lot more like driver heavy. Yeah, or you get like a random rogue team and just like create an absolute banger of a car, and people are like, "What the fuck? Why are they suddenly beating everyone?" Um, <laughs> but things have definitely closed in a bit now. So, but I do get it. Some people are like. It's just cars going around in a circle. I think if you're not in, like really into cars, it's harder to like understand motorsport. Oh, absolutely. Because like the big thing I always love about football, American football, basketball, cricket, whatever, is yeah, they're team sports, mm. but then individual moments are just magic. Like ben, some of Ben Stokes's catches, or like a Maradona or a Messi solo goal, a stunning catch in the NFL, a nuts dunk in the NBA. Mm-hmm. They are highlight real moments that become iconic. Yeah. And like you see them for years and years and years, like the helmet catch in the Super Bowl against the mm-hmm. Patriots. Yeah? yeah. I just feel like you don't get stuff like that in motorsports as much because the moments don't physically look as impressive because it's not person-centric it's car-centric i get yeah there's definitely some overtake can be like crazy impressive but Mm -hmm. because it isn't a physical aspect of a person going up over another man and grabbing something or just like physically imposing themselves in the same way it's not as good a picture (laughs) do you know what i need to get you to watch that came out the other day red bull put out a video where they helped develop the world's fastest drone so it could keep up with an f1 car i think i saw that trending on twitter and i would watch it because it's probably the first time where you can actually like somewhat on camera get an understanding of how fast they are driving around those tracks and i feel like once you understand that perspective and then you see like three cars throwing it into a corner to overtake you're like oh you're doing that without just (laughs) plowing into the side of them (laughs) now i understand (laughs) 
Yeah. I think a good one, though, that does motorsport that's probably better for moments is like Rally. Like, yeah, I used rally's, to. I, rally's cool as fuck. I, I'm pr- going to try and watch them again this year because I haven't watched it for years. My dad used to watch it. And it's like Rally, I think, is just a different breed. And you can, like, that you get an understanding of like oh shit they are like how are they driving this yeah i think i think i think that's quite like natural as well because also on the f1 apart from on the street circuits which are still track applied mm. on yeah. the tracks you're like you can't really because you've never driven on a track so you don't get no. it yeah rally cars we've driven through dinghy roads in the middle of yep. nowhere in england Mm-hmm. Now we can imagine this fucker trying to do it at 130 miles an hour with his passenger just shouting directions at him. <laughs> just shouting numbers and left, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, we get that if we try to do that, we die yeah. very quickly. <laughs> so, yeah, most boys definitely something I very much enjoy. I have one more recency bias one, oh, go on. which is Gundam. I've yeah, told by a couple of weeks. Literally watched like two seasons and then I literally went to okay, let's look at the Gundam timeline. <laughs> no, not the timeline. <laughs> oh, you think like MCU timeline is a mess sometimes? Gundam timeline, the 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 visual is like about eight lines going diagonal. <laughs> nice. And I'm like, okay, where's the series I just watched? How do these time and then what I've learned is there is an official main timeline. All the shows are like official shows, but they're essentially the easiest way I've got my head around it is they are essentially multiverses. They're alternate nice. universes. So there's like these are all the universes where Gundams happened. This is how it happened in that universe. Yeah, there's the main timeline, and then a lot of the show, like a couple of the shows I've watched, are they literally are the only thing on their timeline because it's like they've got their own flavor so it's like essentially an alternate universe which actually i quite like so now i'm diving down the rabbit hole of like hmm, see, what other ones are there see in 2024 though with how popular multiverse projects are that might mean there's a multiverse gundam project coming your way and all your favorite gundams are going to fight each other oh, i don't um, i don't know about <laughs> that i feel like that might cut the fans would maybe be like <laughs> just lose their mind yeah there'd be some arguing about which gundam should win and which <sighs> But uh, yeah, definitely that and I guess a bit of anime. I've been getting into anime. But I wouldn't class myself as an anime nerd at all yet. I'm too early. No, you, you haven't started going, ooh, senpai noticed me. So I think <laughs> well, I I haven't started watching like One Piece or something. It's not like a million episodes. Yeah, and it's only just started. Like, he's See, just, it's, is... it's, the prologue is just finished and now he's getting into... <laughs> Oh, it's just, I just, <laughs> I respect it so much, but I just, I have so many things I enjoy, I don't have the time. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. I, I've got stuff like Shogun, which is just kind of Disney Plus, which is apparently mm. amazing. Yes. That I want to watch. And me and Jenna are trying this new thing where we don't binge it stuff anymore. Because oh, what I noticed was I've got on my high horse a couple of times on here about how Netflix has ruined streaming by making stuff binge worthy because it stops stuff lasting as long. So people watch it all, then forget about it. Mm-hmm. You so, stuff. and I was like, okay, but I'm being a hypocrite because I'm just falling for the trap. Yep. So, like, we didn't watch Reacher season two when it came out. Mm. And by the time we were ready to watch it, all the episodes were out. But I went, no, we're not going to binge it. We're going to watch one episode a week. I, I can't. I have to binge. I can't. No, I'm so I, bad I'm, for I'm it. fighting back. I'm keeping my brain used to having to wait for things. If <sighs> I get too used to not having to wait for things, I'm fucked. The, the hardest thing, to, like speaking of binging and somewhat still on anime, it's like I was very late to getting to watch Attack on Titan. So I had a lot of people had to wait like like more, I think a couple of years between seasons at one point. Didn't have any of that issue. I binged everything literally right up to the final season. And then I got to watch that weekly. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I don't know what everyone's problem was. That was the meme after Infinity War. Oh, sorry, after Endgame, wasn't it? It was mm. like, when I, when I let my kids watch the MCU, they're going to have to wait a year after watching Infinity War before I let them watch Endgame. Yeah. They're going to have to wait so they know what it felt like. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. 
the, the yeah. weight at the end of Infinity War loses a lot if like you just go right onto the next one and like you see what happens two hours later. Yeah, the there is situations where binging through stuff is not as great for the it ruins the, story. the tone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I would say the only the last thing I'm a nerd for, and this is gonna sound so look at me, I'm great, and I know oh, you know I hate it when I come across like that. It makes me feel sick. I would like to say I'm a huge nerd for trying my best because I know I'm not great at it sometimes, of trying to help my friends do something they want to do. Like, when you mm. and Josh get lazy with stuff, or or fall oh. off staying on top of stuff, I like to think I'm one of the best, like, no, come on, lots of fucking, you've got this. Can I just make a point? Uh, for someone to fall off from doing something, they would have to start doing something. <clears throat> Josh. If Josh. If Josh doesn't start editing that video soon, I'm going to turn up at his house with a knife. Jeez. <laughs> In the game, people. <laughs> just going to sit there rubbing the knife against my face while I watch him edit, just like, get it done. <laughs> no, that, you, you don't lie. You are good for reminding us and getting on us for keeping on top of I just... Things. You know what it is? It's, it's a really morbid way to look at it. But I'm like, you know, like you have them thoughts late at night. This is why I need to start going to bed earlier. Where you're like, yeah. what am I going to be remembered for? A long time ago, I was like, I would just like to be remembered as a good friend. So I'm like, fuck it. I, I will be the annoying bastard if it means that at the end they look back and they're like, I he, he did his best to keep an eye on us and look after us. Um, And it's a big thing I'm trying to work on this year as well. Like keeping contact with people who matter because I'm, I'm terrible for it. Uh, I'm so... You can just get so locked into your own stuff when you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to sit there and make excuses for yourself. Like, oh, well, on Monday, I'm catching up on content. And on Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm streaming. On Thursday, I've got the podcast. And then it's editing all weekend. It's like, yeah, but what about the people you care about? So I'm like, oh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's rough. It, it, it is. Should we do some nerdy news now? I think we should. That's enough talking about ourselves. Yeah. Felt cringe. <laughs> no parasocial relationships. Um, right. So, the reason I've included this is A, because it's very impressive, but B, because I finally watched June last week. I still need to watch it. Yeah. So, I wanted to watch it ages ago, and that's always the amount of stuff we cover. It fell to the wayside. Mm. Um, and then one of our friends was like, do you want to go watch June 2? And I was like, I do, but we've not seen the first one yet, so let's watch that quickly. Just quickly. give me a deadline and I get Sorry, so watch June quickly. Yeah, it's only like two and a half hours. Easy. Mm. It's crazy that I could just find two and a half hours I need to. It's crazy. But can't, can't watch the bear, though. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm going to fight this, man. How long did it take you to watch the boys? Like a week. Uh, How long did it take you to watch the boys? No, no. A week. You're not asking how long it took me to start watching the boys. <laughs> how long did it take you to start watching the boys? Sorry, my lawyer's not present at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so June part two comes out tomorrow as we're recording this. Mm. But there's been obviously loads of advanced screenings, critics and stuff. Mm-hmm. So after 200 critic reviews on Rotten Tomato, it is currently at 96%. It was on 100% up until, like, 80 reviews or something, which is crazy. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Um, And it is currently the highest rated film ever on IMDb at, like, Um. 9.6 or something. 9.7, maybe. Um, Which is just crazy. And and that's made me even more hyped to go and see this film. Fair. I've seen a lot of people talking like this is, like, a a once-in-a-generation kind of film. So, mm. we shall see. Um, if if I have any strong opinions, maybe I'll give a short review on it after I've seen it. It's going to really suck if everyone's like, this great film ever, and I'm like, it was fucking mid. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm going to need to go hurry up and watch June 1. So I yeah. can see June. Do you know what it is? I feel like a bad nerd for not being caught up on it. <sighs> see... Do you ever get that? With like certain yeah. nerd things, they get popular, and you're like... But I'm a nerd. Like, that's part of my personality. How am I not up to date on this? <laughs> it's like, I know the Dune books is like quite a nerd grail of a book. And it's like... Yeah, it's like sci-fi meets high fantasy. It's like, I've never paid any attention to it. And then the film's great and everyone raves about it. And the second one, I'm like, I should really watch this. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, I need to get back into reading proper book books and not just comic books, but I need to catch up on my comic books before I can pick up a 400-page fucking masterpiece. Anyway, <laughs> Jeffrey Wright, who played Commissioner Gordon in The mm. Batman, has said he'd like to cover more of Gordon's personal life in The Batman 2. Mm. Um, he said this in an interview with Discussing Film. Okay. Um, it's really interesting because... I think the quote used, and I don't have the quote written now, so I might misquote slightly, but he basically said while talking to Matt Reeves, he said, yeah, Batman wears a cow, and that's like part of the dichotomy. You've got Batman and you've got Bruce Wayne. He's like, mm. but Commissioner Gordon kind of does as well. He's Commissioner Gordon and he's James Gordon. There's a difference there. Yeah. Uh, so he's like interested to potentially um, explore that. Um, and I think that'd be quite interesting because if you do it right tonally, I think that can really give a... Um, two sides of the same coin pardon the uh uh, the uh, two-faced joke yeah no i think you're right there's definitely a way especially with matt reeves's batman Mm. to show more of his kind of family side personal side would probably show you why he leans more to wanting to help batman and include him i could show that side of him Better than one we've got the DCU coming, which is going to have its own Batman. Mm. I'm all in for Matt Reeves to stop trying to make the Batman films marketable to a wider audience too much and just go, right, three and a half hours graphic noir. Like, we're not we're not even going to try and dial it down a little bit to make it more appealing. We're going to let the first one speak for itself. Mm. And the people who want this style will come see this style. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if James Gunn's already said to him, like, feel free to, like, you don't feel you have to like fit this into anything. The the only issue might be if like that does limit how much budget they can reasonably expect. I think he's proven it enough with the first one that he should yeah. get a fair budget going forward now. Um Variety has reported mm. that a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem sequel will be coming out in October twenty twenty six. Yes. I, I think have. the Preliminary date is October 9th, 2026. I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't think that's a surprise to us. No. I mean, we already awesome animation knew. animation style. The film did really well. Yeah, and we, I think we knew the second one got greenlit because they also yeah. were doing a TV series. Yes. So. It's coming to Paramount Plus or whatever. Yeah, it's um, So, yeah. it's. I mean, it's cool to know that it's on the way. It's a long old wait. It is. <laughs> Two and a half years plus. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's animation. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, no, I, I do not want animators to be rough. It just sucks. I, I I hate announcing stuff this early. I mean, here's the thing. We know from the end of the first one, it's probably going to lean to Shredder. So it's like I'm, I'm, so I'm ready. ready to see Shredder in this fucking yeah. animation style. It's going to be class. That should be um. Good. Hollywood Reporter has claimed mm. early work has begun on Lord of the Rings Rings of Power Season 3. Hopefully, this will mean that the downtime between Season 1 and 2 isn't... Oh, sorry, between 1 and 2 isn't repeated between 2 and 3. I um, hope so. Because, what, Season 1 ended back end of 2022? Yeah, and we guessed it. Pr- the the rumour was it would probably be early 2024, and that's... I mean, that would have been affected by strikes. Yeah, which then obviously got affected. So we don't actually know when season two is coming yet. Going I think the prediction saying, is the summer. Yeah, going back to what I was saying earlier about um, binge-watching stuff, mm. this is part of the problem with binge-watching stuff now. Asking your viewers to still give a fuck about your franchise after potentially two years for a second season... It's a tough sell. Yeah. It's... it, Especially because it was a bit, like, mixed response to Rings of Power. Uh-huh. We enjoyed it. There was uh, obviously certain fans... people didn't. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of fans of the books that felt they strayed too far away from things. Um, whether that's right or wrong is your own opinion. But, uh, yeah, I hope there isn't as big of a gap between season two and three because i do think that'll just hurt the the series even more there is always a sweet spot between don't rush it make sure you do the best Mm. job you can but also don't 
work on it for so long that by the time it comes around, everyone's forgotten about it and doesn't care. Yeah. And it's the nature of the beast, isn't it? Um, it is. But hopefully this is a good sign that A, season two is almost wrapped up altogether, all the mm. way through post. Um, and that hopefully we won't have to wait as long for season three. Um, this is a funny bit that I think only belonged in the news. Okay. Um, after Rebecca Ferguson, uh, actress from June, let slip in a press junket for June 2 that she has an actor she'll never work with again after they shouted at her on set of, to the point of tears, the internet is desperately trying to guess who they think it is. Mm, yeah, it was something this along the lines is... of like multiple times and would be like, this is what I'm working with and would like... Yeah. So I think one of the one of the bits that really pissed off the internet was she said um, we'd it was like near the end of the day and I accidentally fumbled my line slightly which isn't uncommon on a movie yeah. set um, and uh, the person she was working with in the scene just absolutely went ballistic talking about how unprofessional she is and was just really rude and horrible and this person had been belittling other people on set including including crew members so she said after that any project that person was attached to she she had no interest in working with um so people are desperately trying to work out who it was the leading theory for a little while was the rock oh Till he tweeted or whatever post out. So this is the thing. He then tweeted saying, "Oh, I, I, whoever did this is an absolute scumbag. I hope, I hope we can deal with this." And everyone, also, oh, it's gone two ways. They're like, "Okay, it's not him." On to the next. Mm. And then a bunch of people have gone, "Hmm, I see through your lies, Mister Dwayne Johnson." <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, what if he doesn't realize it is him? But I, <laughs> that's crazy. I'd like Imagine. to think. I know he has a big ego, but I'd like to think that he is self-aware enough though he pushes him himself on every project i don't think we necessarily ever hear anything about him being terrible for the most part imagine like, he would be rude in a closed meeting room but not on an open set with crew members no that shit would spread like wildfire and let's be honest he came from wrestling where a lot of that is all about publicity and press and keeping a good face good yeah. press he knows how to present himself and not get himself in hot water so i doubt it is him another popular theory at the minute people have been looking back at stuff she's worked on mm. was uh emily blunt but um <laughs> but uh emily blunt very quickly shushed that room was like no we're good friends we talk quite regularly <laughs> So now the leading candidate is apparently Jake Gyllenhaal, oh. who has been accused a number of times on set of being a bit weird. I don't think he's been accused of anything like heinous on set, but mm. he's been accused of being quite weird on set before. And mm. apparently during one project, they were trying to shoot a late night scene and he just ran and jumped in the ocean because the ocean was calling to him. So by the sounds he's a bit of a weird guy to work with. Sounds like he works high. <laughs> yeah um so yeah. it'll be interesting to see if we if the internet does manage to sleuth their way out of this and work out who it was um one of my favorite ones was there was a child she worked with on a show <laughs> called i think his name's jason tremblay and he's like 12 years old <laughs> so someone amazing. created a fake tweet using his picture from the from the show just going i just shouted at this bitch at work today and no one said anything I own this city. <laughs> that would be amazing. That was really funny. Um, so yeah, um, look, the internet is having a lot of fun with that at the minute, and I, I, I hope to find out who it is. I would love for her to get asked in like her next press junket. Like, you let the story slip, and the internet wants to know who it was. And at this point, it's not even bad PR, PR for her to out them. No. Pro well, the the problem would be is if she outs them and then they try to get it done for like defamation or something, and she doesn't have like physical uh, any evidence to prove that they did do that. Yeah, you're not wrong. It, it would be a bit techy, but because um... if there's someone who the person that's done this sounds like they wouldn't be past like doing something like that to try <laughs> yeah. and get it shut down. So um, yeah, I thought that was very funny. Um, let us know down below who you think it was if you have any leading theories. Um, and then a last little bit of scummy news that's less funny. 
LA Times have reported that in a new lawsuit, Amazon have been accused of using AI voices in Roadhouse, in the Roadhouse remake, sorry, mm. during the strike to stop the film from missing its release window and potentially causing them to lose their copyright protection or whatever. Hmm. So it sounds like they've been accused of using actors who were cast in the films, yeah. voices, via AI, so the film could still progress during the strikes. That's going to be such a tough one to prove, though. It is. And and Amazon are really, really good at not losing lawsuits. Because mm. when you don't pay your workers fairly, you can pay the lawyers a lot of money. That's true. Um <sighs> I mean, I, I feel like it's going to be one of those things that'll either get quietly settled or it'll just, nothing will come out from it because um, they can't substantially prove that it is AI voices. What we really, in reality, need with how scary AI is is we need this to be kept big news. Mm. We need them to get found guilty and find yeah. a metric fuck ton so that the precedent is set that just scares studios away from it. Yeah. It, we, it, need it, to just... we need an example made, unfortunately, but like... And no, there is no fine you could give Amazon that would sink that company. So yeah. just take them for all they're worth. I just... AI is terrifying right now. There's not enough protections. So we need to take everything like this and just hope for a really aggressive outcome in favour of the actors or whoever mm. so that the precedents are set. Yeah, it, it does need something like that, unfortunately. Exactly. Um, that is it for us this week on yes, the Cutscene Combos podcast. Um, busy, busy week. Some interesting bits of news there. Um, let us know what you thought down below the entire episode. Mm. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Yes. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week.